Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, we are now officially back in the swing of things. Finally, some abs news after so long of nothing. Tomas Tatar has signed a one-year deal with the Colorado Avalanche, and this is the move we've been waiting for. This just felt right. We even said it with Jesse last episode. This team still felt unfinished. And now with just this one signing, you look at this roster, all of a sudden this just feels so much more complete. And I love this signing. I can't wait to get into it. Did you, like, we're in the trust tree, right? We're in the trust tree of this podcast. I'm going to be honest. I, I did not know Thomas Tatar was still a free agent. I had so unplugged from hockey that I thought he had signed with the team already and did all this stuff. And then literally it happened Monday morning or Tuesday morning where it's like, oh, Thomas Tatar's here in full abs gear. And it's like, what the fuck? Where did I did I miss some chapters here, man? But like you said, I, I couldn't agree more. I love the move. It was a move that we had talked about at the beginning of the summer, like, hey, this could be a possibility. And the Avs did the smart thing. They waited it out, and Tatar signs a very team-friendly deal to play with the Colorado Avalanche. Very team-friendly. I mean, we're talking one year, obviously, at $1.5 million. And my favorite thing about this, exactly a year to the day that the Avs signed Evan Rodriguez last season to one year, $2.5 million. So now you're saving more money on Tatar and even when you factor Drew Ann into that, you're still paying those two less than you did for Evan Rodriguez, which was still a great contract last season. But for Tatar, I don't even know if they had to wait. It just seemed like for some reason he just couldn't get a deal. There was just some kind of disconnect between teams and what he ultimately wanted. And for one and a half, that that's fantastic for this team and their situation. I mean, my hang up on Tatar was like, you're probably gonna have to pay him like what two and a half, maybe even closer to three million. Yeah, especially with the like season that. he had last year, you you would think three, three and a half. Yeah, I mean he had a solid regular season for the Devils last year, and we'll talk more about the the playoff struggles with him because that's kind of the the main thing people talk about when they talk about Tomas Tatar recently is his you can say for now inability in the playoffs. But last year he had 20 goals. He played all 82 games, 48 points really solid season and for 
where this abs team is right now, kind of exactly what they needed to finish rounding out this roster. Cause now they have a really solid, I don't think he's going to really ever be playing top line minutes. I mean, maybe if that chemistry is there, but second, third line minutes, like that's what this team needs. Just another guy that you can throw up there on the second line, maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised. I almost kind of expect that he's going to start on the third line with this team. And now all of a sudden you look at this with the Miles Wood, Ross Colton, Tomas Tatar. This is a very nice ending to what's been a strong offseason for this team and finally adding some good quality depth. You look at it compared to where this team was last year, depth-wise. Like, you actually have nine capable forwards, I feel like. Nine capable NHL forwards. You can compare what we have right now on paper to Game 7 against Seattle. It is night and day yeah. night and day this yeah. third line is full of nhl players which is a stark improvement right right it, it's it's been a great off season and you just need to um hope for health and even now like if one of the top guys goes down i feel pretty confident that if thomas jatar needs to play a top six role for 10 15 games he can do that like I he's a proven will, yeah. nhl guy like I, I really think this is a good piece. And now, like you said, but that third line, all those third line players, maybe except Miles Wood, you can make a case that they could be playing top six minutes during the season. Yeah. And they'll, they'll definitely have the case to prove that at the right. very least. And I think they're all going to take their turns in the top six. I think this gives you a lot of room to maybe leave Arturi Lekkinen alone on the top mm-hmm. line for most of the season. I think that should be generally the plan. We'll see how well Jonathan Drouin works. But even with Jonathan Drouin, this also takes a lot of pressure off of him because I like the signing of Drouin and I like the price we got him for. The one hang up I had is it just seemed like top six or bust and just there really was nothing else that we could really do if Drouin didn't work. Even if Drouin doesn't entirely fit in the top six, you have a guy like Tatar that you can throw up in that role and it's not immediately sink or swim with Jonathan Drouin and you can rotate them. You can put Colton up there one night. It just gives you so many more options on your offense. Like th- this is exactly why we've been saying all off season, they need another guy. This just doesn't feel done yet. It pushes Logan O'Connor down to the fourth line. It, it just makes this team so much deeper and Tatar himself, I think is a very, very good fit for this team. Yes, he is. And like you said, now you have two-thirds of your fourth line, too, with O'Connor and Cogliano on your fourth line, which we both love Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cogliano, but they were playing out of their realm last year. Like, they were playing 15, 17 minutes a game, and they just aren't as effective uh, that way. Uh, Now you're talking they're going to play maybe 10, 12 minutes, and that's when you're going to see Logan O'Connor and Andrew Cogliano be the pests that we know that they can be. And then rotate in Ben Myers or whoever is going to be the center of that line. You look at it, and... Lines one through four, outside fourth line center, you have quality NHL players at every position. Yeah, and now it does leave that competition open for fourth line center with a lot of, I'd say, quality fringe NHL guys. Maybe Ben Myers can grow into that role this season. You've got a lot of options to work with there too, but this just seems like it fixes so many issues with this team, at very least on paper. The fit still has to be there. The chemistry still has to be there. I mean, my favorite thing, was that we did not find out about the signing first. We found out about Tatar <laughs> because he was just on the ice with the team in full abs gear. The most abs thing ever, dude. It is the most it's like it's like they woke up and just forgot to announce it. 
Like they just forgot yeah, to. I, announce I think it. that's why they announced it is because uh, Evan Evan Rolla was there at at practice and was tweeting out pictures, and then coincidentally, like half an hour later, they yeah. released that they agreed to terms, not even signed the contract. They agreed to terms. So I don't even I don't even think that was the plan to release it yet, but I think they might have forgot. Like oh, right, the people right. take pictures and post them online, but that was hilarious because the day before. Chris Johnson, I think Friedman were talking about like, yeah, there's probably still about six teams in talks with Tatar at the moment. The abs, of course, being one of them, but like he probably prefers to, to stay out east. That's at least what we've heard, which is funny because at that point he probably had the deal yes. and it just didn't come out. And he's he was on, probably on a plane to Denver at that point, if not already here yes. signing the deal. It was just so funny because. It wasn't just like, oh, he's out there. Like, no, he has like his old number on there <laughs> in full Avs gear. I was like, okay, either he has a contract or a PTO, or I genuinely don't know what else he could be doing here. Right. I thought there was like a little thing in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, well, there's a bunch of old teammates here, like Miles Wood, Lekkinen, and Drew. And I mean, maybe he's just staying in shape, but like he's in the full kit right. on the team. And then... 30 minutes later, they announced they signed. It was like, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. Yeah, that's got to be like a, the Avs PR worst nightmare is it's like, fuck, we totally forgot to do this. And he's already out there. And all the reporters covering the team have seen it. And it's like. I well, I imagine it was coming anyway. Since right. It's going to be on the ice with the team. But it's also like, it's just how tight-lipped this organization is. Yeah. How There's just no cracks in that management room. There's no leaks getting out there. They had a guy step on the ice in full kit before anybody had the story. And Tatar is one of the biggest stories left of the offseason that he still didn't have a team. Like, where's this guy going to go? Is the Who even is left now after Tatar signed? That's a good I'd question, have, right? I'd have to look again, but there's still a couple of guys. I mean, if Carolina might have signed them all the PTOs at this yeah. point, with the amount of guys they've signed. But Tatar was really one of the last big names left. There was a lot of reporters sniffing around that. And no one got the story. We got pictures of him in abs gear first, which I think is hilarious. Very funny. I mean, and, and that's like the frustrating part about covering the abs is like, or just having a podcast. We don't cover the abs. We just talk about what happens. Yeah, we get um, we get all the same news from everybody yeah, else from the yeah, same like, sources. Like, it's just, that's the annoying part is like, no one ever we never know anything like there's no like early breaking story of like something possibly happened. It's always like rumors, like the abs may be in on Taylor hall. And then you come to find out they didn't even talk about trading for Taylor hall. And right. it's like, it's just people guessing like, yeah, never, I see rumors surrounding the abs. I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. Cause you don't know that. Right. You didn't, you didn't get that information. You are yeah. making that up. Like it's perfect. Georgiev last year. No one thought the abs were going to get Georgiev. And that's like, oh, we got Georgiev. Okay. Bye-bye, Darcy Kemper. Yeah, we, were, like, we were still talking about like, yeah, what's it going to cost to re-sign Kemper? It's like, oh, well, here's Alex Georgiev, who's been on the market for like five years. Yeah. No one had and, that story either. Yeah. And then they ended up trading like a sack of potatoes for him too. So it's right. just, it, it's just so funny, like being a fan of this team because they do just do this shit where you're like, what the fuck? Like, okay. Cool. Like we knew it was going to happen. Like even when we were talking with Jesse on Monday or Tuesday, when we talked to him, it was like, it was like, yeah, this team isn't complete. Like they're going to do something. And Jesse was thinking maybe at the trade deadline and it's like, nope, they're just going to sign the biggest free. It's also funny because when we were having that conversation is probably realistically when Tatar was like signing a contract or something, which is just perfect. We have our full, they had four weeks to do this before we came back from our little break and they do it the day after. Yeah. Or the it's day, just how it goes, man. yeah, the day the episode came out after it was posted like six hours earlier. Yeah, that's just how it goes, man. But when you look at Tatar's fit, 
Uh, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to fit very well uh, with this Avs team. I mean, last season with New Jersey, they were a really good team. Uh, he played all 82 games, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, and he's actually been pretty consistent in the 70s to 80s of games he plays. So okay. that's pretty good. Uh, he finished with 20 goals and 20 assists uh, for 48 points. Dude, he was plus 41. That's actually ridiculous. Um, but he, he's he's just a solid NHL player. Like you, you can expect around 15 to 20 goals from him. Yeah, which... I could say you could, this is a guy who scored 20 goals seven times in his yeah. career. Not an unfair expectation that this guy on this team, an Avs team that has a reputation around the league of getting the best out of people. Not at all crazy to think 20, 25 ceiling, I would think. He's very consistent, like you said, in that range of being able to put up about 20-ish goals and very strong in the power play. I imagine he's going to round out power play two, which is great because it finally gives power play to someone who wants to shoot because there are so many guys on the second power play that just defer to each other and they pass back and forth until it eventually goes out of the zone. Tatar might at least shoot the puck, which is a stark improvement sometimes. You need someone who is has any sort of ability to finish on that See, power it, play. it wouldn't shock me if he gets up to power play one like at some points in the season. I am I am maybe some injuries in there. They might yeah. bump them up a little bit, but power play one when you have some star power like that. I mean, they do need some help sometimes as right. over the course of the year, but if he gets if you can get power play two going a little bit, it's a tough job. Power play two, because you get what, 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. And if you lose that puck once, it's over. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to get something every Yeah. Month. And I mean, like you were saying, it, it's he's a good power play option, but last year he only had one power play goal. So yeah. it's not like he is just reliant. Like he scores a lot of even strength goals, which we at points last year, there were times when what Andrew Cogliano was second on the team and even strength goals at points yeah, was, last yeah, year. It was Alex Newhook and Andrew Cogliano were the only ones yeah. behind Miko Rantanen. Right. So, and yeah, and that was going to be my next point, but even better than special teams, Tatar is very good at even strength. And that's something that this team really needs is someone who can be consistent at five on five. And for Tatar, this works for him because I, I didn't realize that he's almost like 33 years old. For some reason, I just thought he was still. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this dude's only been in the league for like five years. And it's like, no, yeah. he's been in the league for a very long time. Yeah, he's been here for a while, but. Now that he's 32, going to be 33 in, in the near future, Tatar does not need to be a star here. He doesn't even really need to be a top six forward here. He just needs to be an option for the top six if need be, especially if Duran works out. But he doesn't need to be that star, which I think there's been a little bit of disappointment in his career that maybe he didn't turn into the super top six guy that people were expecting him to be i mean in detroit he was always solid came close to 30 goals one season and eventually got traded to vegas which didn't work out really revitalized his career with montreal 58 and 61 points and then goes to new jersey and is fine i would say there it wasn't offensively bad his first season in new jersey was 15 15 30 points negative 22 in 76 games not great this year, 20 goals, 28 assists, like we said, and then a plus 41. Very nice bounce back. Is and he now, the case of a player who, when he's playing on a good team, he's probably better? Because, yeah. like, you, you look at that Devils team that, that year, like, uh, that Devils team was trash. Like, they, they were, they were your way. And then this year, they come bursting out of the gates. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's a good, solid depth player for a good team. Yeah. And then 
the the obvious knock on him and i think the reason he didn't get signed until this late has been his playoffs are not very good he's been through the playoffs multiple times and has really never had a great run and that all started when he got traded to vegas in their inaugural season for the first the second and the third round pick and he's a healthy scratch for most of those playoff games just and it really wasn't debatable either you could just see the difference when he was on the ice versus everyone else he was the odd man out and Maybe there was some questions about how how much was Gerard Gallant really consulted about this trade because he clearly didn't want to play Tatar all that much. But when he was on the ice, he was not very good. I mean, I remember his when he was on the ice against Washington in the cup final, and he I think he had a goal, but it like bounced off of his hand. It was like an incredibly lucky bounce on a point shot. Other than that, he was completely ineffective in the series. And you scroll through the next couple of years, he's on the the Habs team that goes to the Stanley Cup final. Do you want to guess how many games he played in that run? Five. Correct. He played five games and he had one assist. And the year before in 1920, the bubble year, he had played 10 games and he had two goals. And then last year with New Jersey, he played 12 games. He had one goal and was a minus seven. So for some reason, something about his game just does not translate to the playoffs. Now, some of that has been, I you can maybe attribute that to some bad luck, small sample sizes, stuff like that. At a certain point, there is a little bit of a question to be had when you don't have a single good stretch in the playoffs. My counter to that, because you're making a lot of good points, is he doesn't need to be good for the Avs to succeed in the playoffs. We don't need him to score a ton of goals. Like, if you look at this lineup, it's like, if he can just be a solid depth forward in the playoffs, you have Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, like, Val Nachushkin. Like, you have all those players in front of him that if he can chip in, like, two goals, you're pretty happy. I would say, though, that is a very slippery slope because that was last year's playoff. You have Nathan McKinnon, you have Miko Rantanen, you have your stars doing star stuff. At a certain point, you do need other people to contribute. And I think Tatar can do that on this team. We're you're I'm very close to trust me, it's different for us. We can fix him territory, right. but I think you made a good point. A lot of the teams that he's been on in the playoffs, the last year's Devils team was obviously very good. I think that was a horrible playoff for him. I'm not excusing that one, yeah. but like the those Habs teams, especially the first one that was in the bubble. That was a 12th ranked team. That was not a very good team. Shouldn't have been in the playoffs if you think about it. Right. If they went to a normal season, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. And then the team that goes to the Stanley Cup final, again, they made it to the final. One of the worst teams to do so. Not excusing him, but I'm just saying that you give him a full season with this team. And honestly, I think if he just gets one, if he like in the first three games of round one gets one, that's a big monkey off of his back. And I think this thing in Vegas has kind of fucked with him a little bit, kind of carried over for him for a little bit now. And like when you don't perform in the playoffs, it it does kind of get in your head. And then right. you start thinking about it, you grip your stick tighter and everything. I think there is a way for Tatar to break out of that. But here's the thing about this conversation is you you have no way of solving this until April. Right. There's you he might have 60 points this regular season. But the question's always going to be, but can he do that for you in the playoffs? And until he does, it's like, even if he does have 60 points, if he puts up an assist in the playoffs, 
we're probably going to be sitting in the same spot with him next year, probably late in the offseason, wondering if this guy's going to get a deal. Well, I agree with you. It, it, it's going to be interesting, but that again is a that's an April problem, right? That's an Very April far problem. off. Very far off. I mean, really, when you think about it, not that far off, but far off in the terms in, of how in, much hockey is about to be played. Yeah, in terms of the season, it is as far off as it could be right yeah. now. Yeah. So, I I'm I'm more interested to see how um, see how he fits with. I imagine they're going to start him with Colton and Wood. I think with that familiarity with New Jersey, I think that's going to be good. I love that. Honestly, like, I I really like that line. It, it's all shooters, though. There's not a playmaker on that ice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those guys all shoot the I puck. Think, I think Tatar can definitely be more of a, a playmaker on that line. I mean, he has a, a pretty solid shot, but he, he definitely can move the puck as well. I mean, and Colton, we'll see what his playmaking is like. I mean, Wood, I wouldn't say he'd shoot first, but even still... You compare that line to what they were icing in the playoffs last yeah. year. And for most of the regular season, where again, it's it's Cogliano, Newhook, and O'Connor for most of it. You got a, a developing guy of, and two guys who really should be on the fourth line. Like not saying they're bad players, but no. those are where they are the most effective is when they're playing a fourth line role and not being expected to score at a third line level. These are all solid NHL guys. And you can, you can put Druan down there and bump Tatar up or Colton up or anything like that. You just have so much more to work with. And right. the, the cloud that's going to hang over this season is what's this going to look like when Kovalenko comes over? Is he going to yes. jump back up onto that third line? Because then all of a sudden you're talking about a third line, let's say Tatar, Colton, and if Kovalenko comes here and works, that's that's scary. That's and you're taking scary. out of account too. Now, like it's weird to think that the Avs may actually have like a semblance of depth because we haven't even talked about the PTO guys. Yeah, like we talked about in last episode. Like, what if Kivi Ronta turns out to have a good camp and you you keep him on, and or like Holland you bring on as a like an AHL guy, and then the other guy I still can't pronounce his name from Winnipeg, Manalainen. Uh, Manalainen. Like we we thought he was going to fill in nice on that fourth line too. Now you have you have a potential to have depth at forward again, which as of last year was not, but you had depth, but you didn't have NHL guys depth. Right. It's like at a certain point, Dennis Morgan, who you got in a trade for a guy you got on waivers in October was playing top six minutes for you. And then right. in the playoffs, even when he's not doing anything in that series, he's still playing top six minutes because there's no one else. Right. Like it's, it's just a totally different feel with this team compared to last year. Like, right. Because last year, last year, I think the the front office, they were banking on a lot of guys coming back. Like if Landy would have played, that would have changed a lot of things. Darren Helm played two games or three games. Like it it was just everyone was kind of meh. And now I I think they realized, yeah, they realized their mistake. They're like, we need to add and we'll go from there. And then we can't bank on the trade deadline to save us again. Right. I mean, the the warning signs last offseason were there, but it's really hard to pay attention to them when you're fresh off of a dominant Stanley cup victory. We really should have seen that coming. I mean, I'm saying me and you, and I'm not saying management. I'm sure their hands were very tied with the whole situation, but like the depth issues were apparent, but we were just like, well, we won the cup. We're going to be fine. We're going to go trade for someone at the deadline. Lance Scott's going to be back. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to go win two in a row. Not with that roster. This feels a lot different. This feels a lot more like, okay, we had a lot of issues last season and we just went out and got like five guys 
to solve them. And you look at now Ryan Johansson, Miles Wood, and Ross Colton, Jonathan Druen, and now top that off with Tomas Tatar. It's a strong offseason. It's a really strong offseason. You're not spending a ton of money on one guy. You spread it out over five guys, and you still have cap room left. You're paying, like I said earlier, Tatar and Druan less than you were paying Rodriguez alone last season. So this totally wipes away my thoughts on bringing back Erod, yeah. like the, the complaint I had earlier in the season, because this is better. Because now, yeah. like even at one and a half, if Tatar gives you 40 points, that's still Erod territory. And then everything you get from Druan beyond that is 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 cake. Cake, yeah. And I still like, I loved what Jesse was saying about Drew Ann. Like, I, I think people are expecting that a lot that he's going to come in, but realistically, if he puts up 45 points, that's a win. If you that's get like 45 points from Drew Ann and just a little bit of an increase from Tatar, let's say 55 points, yeah. you're in a really good spot. Your team's going to be very good. Yeah. You're going to be very, very good. good and very deep. You know, McKinnon's going to light it up. You know, Rantanen's going to light it up. You know, Lekkonen's a great complimentary piece on that top line. And if everyone stays healthy, I mean, that's not going to happen. Not everyone is going to stay healthy. If you can stay a little bit healthy, just have only one or two guys go down for maybe an extended period of time instead of five then maybe that could be much better. But the signings, like you said, now if a guy goes down, we actually have people where it's not going to be Charles Houdon and Alex Newhook on the top line. Right. Where it's like, these are actually quality NHL players that can fill in if Miko Ranton needs to sit out a game or if uh, Lekkonen gets breaks his thumb again. Like you have guys who can fill those roles. Right. You're not totally screwed. It's just so great. Like you signed one guy, one solid player, and now everyone just feels so much better about this team because it finally feels not entirely the defense we've still have to talk about like is jack johnson a true number six but you still have enough options there that i think you can get away with it for right. a little while i don't think you could have gotten away no. with not filling this this gap on the wing for very long maybe for a little while but it would have caught up with you eventually later in the season and in the playoffs and it might it still might but at very least, you've done the best you can with waiting out this long, being patient like they were last year with Erod, and now again with Tatar, waiting out the market, seeing what still remains, and getting a quality player like Tomas Tatar, a guy who constantly plays solid middle six minutes for a million and a half. If you get 40 points out of a million and a half, you're dancing. Think that's yeah. fantastic. Think about it. we paid what Cogliano and Helm last year, 1.25 each. Yeah. And it's like, you're only paying a guy who's better offensively and younger. And I agree. 40 points from him is going to be great. And and like you look at it too. Like I look at the West, the rest of the West. I think after the signing, it's not even a question. The abs are the clear cut favorites now. Yeah. Right. I, st I still think it's them in Dallas. I think that's going to be the race to watch all season is them in Dallas. I feel like this puts us, on very even ground because right. honestly before this i was like i don't know dallas is a little deeper yeah we've got the star power and the better defense and everything but the adding duchene for them makes them kind of deep they've got a really solid team there this i feel like levels the playing field a lot not saying tatar's duchene level but comparing that and giving us full better depth and giving us at least three lines that have ability and a very solid fourth line with Cagliano and O'Connor, no matter who's in the middle. I, I think if it is Ben Myers, he's definitely going to take a step this season. 
it gives this team a lot more of a complete feel. Like this is a solid team that if everything really gels together, this is a team that won the division last year with all of the problems that they had, everything they went through, they still won it. And we look back at this playoff series against Seattle like we got crushed. It was a game seven where they outplayed them and had a goal taken off of the board that if it stood, I'm fully convinced they would have won that game. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, yeah, it, it's this team is totally different. And in my, like, they got better. They got better this offseason. They're a much this, deeper this team. team is unequivocally better than they yes. were last off. It's not even debatable. Yeah. It, it's going to be very good to see these moves work out. And I think they will. I really do. Um, and it's also encouraging that every, basically every player is at captain skate now. Like it, it's, I don't think anyone's missing other than Bo, but that's cause he was at NHL media days. So you have pretty much everyone here. McKinnon and Ranton have been here for like a week and a half already. Just getting in the zone. Like, like Jesse said, uh, in his, in his Twitter post that like this team is motivated, like they were the year they won the cup. And I think a lot of people are really sleeping on the abs. Because they thought, oh, they got it done once, and now they're going to fade away. Like, I, I, th- I think I agree with you to an extent. I think people know how good we are, but I don't think they realize that how motivated this team is going to be. I think they've forgotten just how good this team yeah. is because they did not look good in that playoff series, and Ooh. that's everyone's lasting memory right now, forgetting just how dominant this team was two seasons ago, playing quality competition on route to a 16 and four Stanley cup run. People are going to get reminded of this abs team. And you know, a signing is really good when people aren't even trolling on it. There's like, fuck, that's ridiculous that they just did that. Yeah. So I'm feeling great about it. I'm excited to see, like, I'm actually excited for preseason hockey now. I am. I'm excited for this training camp. I I really want to see how these lines are going to start to roll out. Uh, And honestly, now that we're several months removed from the playoff series, I'm kind of grateful for the extra time off. Oh, yeah. I think just even for myself, not even looking at this from a player's perspective, just to have that little bit of extra time away and to really fully reset for the season, get myself excited again. Because I was tired after last year. I mean, it was really a grind. I can't even imagine what it was like for the players. We didn't even drink as much as they did and we were tired. Yeah. Celebrating. I'm I'm here sitting my ass on the couch. Yeah. And we were exhausted. But dude, another point that I... I keep forgetting about it. And you brought it up like Kovalenko, man, when he comes over in March, like that is going to be such an interesting thing because you, I imagine the abs will be pretty safe in a playoff spot by then. They'll be pretty locked in. It'll be a division race. Um, You had a guy like Kovalenko who's tearing it up right now in the KHL. I think he has points in every games he's played so far, like multi-point games. He's been scary. Like, that dude, you add him in here too. Like it's all of a sudden it's like we're basically getting another trade deadline acquisition in Kovalenko. All of a sudden like, it's like who comes out? Right. Like who's getting bumped out? Like I'm like this is pure speculation, but imagine right. Kovalenko comes here and is good enough for third line. There's gonna be adjustment. Don't expect I will want to temper expectations. Kovalenko is not going to come here right away and immediately be used to American ice and the competition of the NHL, there's going to be growing pains in there. But I'm just saying, you throw him in a bottom six role. There's only so many players you can have on the ice at a certain, like, are you taking O'Connor out or Cogliano out? Or Because, like, none of these guys play center. You're going to need to figure out what you're going to do there. But at a certain point, like, someone's going to have to come out. And Kovalenko, like you were saying, is 
absolutely lighting up the KHL right now. Like he looks like a man on a mission. He has seven points in five games and three goals. He's throwing the body around. Like I'm just, I'm very excited to see what he can do once he gets the NHL and how the rest of this team is going to shake out around him. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets when you sign up. Best of all, nobody's going to be missing out on any of the actions this season because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So what are you waiting for? Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you look at Kovalenko, I, I agree with you. I don't know who's going to come out, but if he's as good as we think he can be and he meshes with this team, how are you going to deny him top nine minutes? Like, yeah. just how? How are you going to deny it? And that's going to be one of the things that that pulls him over from the KHL right. is the promise of a role right away. Like it's just there's real tangible excitement around this team right now because they've put themselves in a very good position here. And even just signing to Tar alone makes this team so much better on paper at very least. And I, I really want to see how all of this comes together because there's there's a lot of new faces here. And I I, I like a lot of these moves. I've, I feel like I've been on a a little bit of a roller coaster emotionally with how I feel about some of these. I'm on and up right now. I'm I'm really optimistic about a lot of these. I am too. I, like it, it just, it felt like last year was like, let's just run it back with what we have. And this year it's like, okay, that didn't work. Let's retool. And I, I you got to commend Chris McFarland for being able to look in the mirror and be like, Hey, we're only a year removed from winning a Stanley cup championship, but we need to revamp this team. Yeah. But I mean, you we look need to at, do like, it. look at the, the second and third line right now. It is, Except for Nachushkin, like just entirely new players, yeah. like Druan, Johansson, Wood, Colton, Tatar, like you completely redid the middle of this lineup. Like every depth piece is essentially different right now. Yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and it's exciting, but it's also like if this doesn't work out, you're kind of screwed. But hey, if you're trying something I mean, different. How, I mean, different. how is that different than any other season? Right, right. So I I'm excited to see where they go from here. Um, any final thoughts on Tatar before we move on to the sad news that we got yesterday? Yeah, I mean, just even with Tatar, I in the playoff stuff, I think it'll be fine. I think it'll work out. I'm not expecting him to be a, a total superstar, but even if you start to dig into a lot of his his other numbers, there's also some that suggest that like maybe some of these playoffs, like it's a combination of his game isn't translating. And also a hilarious amount of bad luck. The guy right. shoots like 0.2 or whatever in the playoffs, like something crazy low. And like last year with the Devils, he was on for like two even strength goals and nine against. And his PDO was like under nine, right. which is like shockingly bad luck. Yeah. I mean, that's a very small sample size. And that PDO is not generally the best stat to be using in such a small sample size. But when it's an eight, nine, 
you might be able to grab something from that, that maybe something's just not going his way in that series. And you bring him into the Avs and, and a culture that is now surrounded with winning. A lot of guys who have been there and done that and won, and the expectation is constantly to win. And even a lot of the guys that they've brought in, like Ross Colton, have won. That does help people sometimes to have that expectation. And then when you do get to the big games, you're just used to it at that point because the standard is always set from day one. The standard is the standard. Shut up, Mike Tomlin. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but let's move on. There, there was some disheartening news we got yesterday. I think it was Frank Cervalli tweeted it out first. Um, Pablo Francos had core surgery over the summer, and he is still not fully recovered from it. And the abs are exploring the goaltender market right now. Yeah, This goes back to the goaltender episode we did uh, three, four weeks ago now at this point. And it's kind of the tale of Frankie's career at this point, man. Like he's a really good goalie. He's really good, but the dude can't stay healthy, man. He just can't. And we're already starting the season with him potentially missing time. This is like the first thing we've done all season. Yeah. Like we're, we're not even in rookie camp. Right. We're, we are in captain's practices at the moment. And it sucks because Pavel Francouz is genuinely like, an amazing person like what just one of the greatest people you will ever meet and a really solid goalie but it's like we said at a certain point you just need to be available and i am sure that mcfarland and sackick are so beyond sick of exploring the goalie market like they have they have to every single season that this has been a thing where you go back to the shortened season and they're getting Joe Johansson and Devin Dubnik and having to play Hunter Miska in those games. And then you go back to the cup run where it's like it's JoJo again. And then last year, like they're having to trade for Keith Kincaid and give up like a, a guy in Bowers, like who isn't nothing for a goalie that you used for half a period, basically. Like, I'm sure they are beyond tired of having to deal with this. And it sucks. Cause like I said, everyone loves Frankie and he's a really solid goalie and it's, it's not his fault. No, like it's just, he's not recovering from surgery properly. It sounds like, and this, this report did come from Frank Cervalli of daily Faceoff, just saying that he's probably not going to be ready for camp, but to say he's not ready for the regular season, that's speculative. He might be, we don't really know that yet, but we haven't heard from the team or anything like that. I mean, like we just talked about, we don't really know what's going on with this team sometimes. So even then I take a report like that and be like, yeah, but are they though? Or did you hear Frankie was hurt? So now you think they're right. exploring the goalie market. Right. I mean, in, in all honesty, I don't think they would trade for a goalie right now. I, 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 think, think, they, it I think they, I think they'd be comfortable sense. rolling with Eustace Annan as the backup. That's where I was going to go with this conversation yeah. is honestly, I don't think they'd be opposed to it. Honestly, I'm not either. I think it wouldn't be bad for him to be put in a backup role, especially if I'm so tired of saying the sentence when Frankie is healthy, like when he eventually comes back, whenever that is the, I think the role for Ananen right now, the plan is for him to be in the AHL this season, but then when Frankie's contract expires and he walks, I don't think they're going to resign him unless he comes back and plays out of his mind and they just have to. I think the plan is going to be to put on an in, in that backup role unless something else comes up. But the plan as it stands right now is probably going to be just that. And Ananen has been 
in a few NHL games. Some of them have been much better than others, but I don't think it would be a bad thing for his development to get into a couple of those games against NHL competition and not just have it be a one-off. Right. And it's, he signed that one year deal like this off season, you need to know if he can play and if he's worth resigning. So if he's capable of being the backup for Georgiev next year, because I don't want Frankie to go. I would love for Frankie to stay because when he's on the ice, he's a very good backup goaltender. Very good. It's just, it's been three years now, maybe four of him. Just it's been he, every season. Yeah. Here. yeah. He just can't stay healthy. And that's nothing against fault. Like you talk about a goalie, right? The things goalies do on the ice. I, I would tear every muscle in my body if I tried to do what they yeah. do. Right? I, I, I fully believe the notion that NHL goalie is the hardest position to play in sports any sort of lingering injury affects you if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed in the morning it affects you if if you've got like a little bit of a hey and drinking up water you're giving up six goals like it's right it's all mental it's all just if you've got anything wrong that puck is going in the back of the net and everything is going to be your fault and it's like i said i love frankie but i feel like he's been unavailable for a strong majority of his his tenure here but this also might be an opportunity for Eustace Ananen to come here and earn a little bit of trust. And if he plays decently and then goes back to the AHL and has a strong season, he's probably got that backup job on lock oh, yeah. season at very least. Without a doubt, he does. So it's it's one of those things I like you said, it, we talked about earlier in the episode where it's like nothing gets out about this Avs team. So it's like. What are we to say that Frank Cervalli is right about this when it comes to Frank? I mean, this has been floating around for a little bit. The right. has kind of been floating this around for a, a little while now that doesn't really seem like Frankie is fully healthy as of yet and not really taking shots or anything like that. This is just now kind of more people are saying it too, which makes it a lot more real and saying that he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Like that, that's speculation. He's not going right. to be ready for training camp, which is significantly different yeah and starts in train camp starts in six days i think i saw so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i, I think we're both on the same page like you're not trading for a goalie yet like i mean you're... i mean it just depends how confident you are in Ananen. and i think they're confident in him i think they're right. ready to at least give it a try and you you don't need to you're by the time you get to the regular season about like 30 goalies are gonna pass through the waiver wire yeah if you really feel like you need another guy you can get one Right. You don't have to pay anything for it. Right. It's going to be one of those, like, it's just, just got to wait and see, but it it sucks. I really think he's going to be okay. And he may miss like the first week of the season. Like that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, But it it just goes back to that conversation we had when we did the goaltender review preview. It's like, if Frankie stays healthy, he's going to give himself a pretty nice contract and his career off of from probably a team that's not the abs. And it's not starting off on a good foot for him right now. No, it, it's unfortunate because everyone loves Frankie, solid goalie, but man, just can't stay on the ice. We haven't even gotten on the ice yet, yeah. and we're already having this conversation. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went and just snagged someone off of of waivers. And I, don't know, I think they're personally going to go and try to use Ananen. But I mean, they also signed a guy like Arvid Holm this offseason, who I kind of forgot yeah. about until this conversation. Like They went out and signed... Arvid Holm, who was a solid AHL goalie last season for the Manitoba Moose. Maybe you bring on in and up and you have you have Holm be your number one with the Eagles for a little bit. And everything's just kind of fine until Frankie comes back. Yeah, 
I, I, I'm not panicking. Like, there's no, no. panic button yet. I'm, it's just I, a, it's just I refuse to panic yeah. before we've even done rookie camp. Right. We. This is episode two. Yeah. Like, it's just so much time for panic. Yeah. Like, panic button is like, if this happened, like, a week before the playoffs, maybe I'd hit the panic button. Right. And even but, then, like, you can survive. Right. Georgiev, he likes to play games. I think we know that about him at this point. It's not a bad thing to, to give on and a few chances. Even if those cost you a few games down the road, it might be worth it just to get right. him in some games and to just get him in that rhythm. And then you send him back. Like, even if he gets torched, you send him back to the AHL, he builds his confidence back up. And now he has that experience. He's done it a couple of times. Now he's done it in previous seasons and you feel better and better about it each time. Agreed. He's gonna Agreed. he's gonna have to do it eventually. Right. Like Some you can't point. just you can't just keep holding him holding him down in the AHL and be like, oh, he's the goalie of the future. But he has in his two games he's played, he's allowed like seven goals in both of them. So right. Like at his at his at a certain point, you're gonna need him to show you that right. he can do it. And right. uh, circumstances just give you opportunity. So, right. Because he Andon's played two. He played against the Flyers one year, and I think they won like seven to five. Like there was that game, game shouldn't have even been close. There was a game, I don't know if he started this one, but he went in against the Senators, I want to say. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. And then he went in again, and then he started against the Devils last year and got lit up. Yeah, I mean, he played. he's played four games in his career, two games apiece in each season, and he's in 863 and an 854. I mean, they're, they're, it's not great. But not great. Rookie goalie. Right. They clearly believe in him, signing him to this new deal. And I think they're going to give him a look and I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to perform. I am too. I am too. But also we need Frankie back. We need him healthy. And just, it eases your mind when you know you have Frankie just on the bench. It's just to to know that you have one of the league's best duos is significant comfort. Yes. Because your, your give is great. But if again, if anything bad happens to him, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, not kind of. You are fucked. Yeah, you like, are you're fucked. outright fucked. There's nothing yeah. you can do. Yeah, unless they make a trade for fucking Hellbuck. Like, that, that's the only thing that they could do. Like, that. that's like break glass in case of emergency. That's but... like break glass in case of nuclear bomb. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We're not even going to put that in the ecosystem. But um, that's pretty much it for Avs news. Uh, there is some news going on in the rest of the NHL, though. Um I want to touch on this real quick just because I think it's the most NHL thing ever. I know we didn't put it on the sheet, the sheet, like we actually plan what we talk about. Yeah, I write, um, I write like a, f- a few words on each. Yeah, topic. very funny story. Just the most NHL thing to ever happen was BioSteel, the official hydration partner of the NHL, already filed for bankruptcy one year after their deal. Um, just, of course, that happens to the NHL. Like they finally break ties with Gatorade and it's like, oh, first year we do it and they're already bankrupt. Yep. And they had to cut their deal off with Connor McDavid. I'm assuming Kale McCars is gone too. I, I think I read that Connor's already expired. So, he, oh, okay, good. So, that, yeah. But I, I think the stat I saw was they spent like $175 million on marketing and only made six, per, six million in revenue. <laughs> So is, they spent all that money just to make that little. So interesting just the most NHL started. thing ever to happen that they, it, that happens with the new hydration part. Did you ever try BioSteel? I never tried it, but everyone I've talked to said like, yeah, this stuff isn't good. It's very mediocre. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, I remember I had, they were passing them out before the first game last year. 
and you had to chug it before you walked in the arena. It was stupid. Like they're handing them to you and you can't bring them into the arena. Like, right. why are you handing this out to me? Shotgun of bio steel. Yeah. And I drank it and it left like a weird taste in your mouth. And I was like, Gatorade's better. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's just the story is Gatorade's they're not, better. They're not cheap either. No. It's just like, oh, this is the Gatorade cheaper alternative. Like, no, they're advertising this as a direct competitor. Yeah. Also not very good. Yeah, it was very it was very bland, but just the most NHL thing ever to happen. I, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Um, the bigger story. I, honestly, before we go to the even bigger one, the talking of most NHL thing to ever happen, I love the reports of how they just continue to gaslight everyone about the digital ads and how everyone loves them. And if you don't, you are part of the problem. Did you see this one? from? I thought Wood they said they were getting rid of them. No, quite oh. the opposite. They're doubling down on these. Dude, honestly, I said this during the season, man. It doesn't bother me. Like, right, I don't even the, notice them. But the fact that they're going, I really need to find this. I didn't plan on talking about this until now, which shows you how prepared I am all the time. But, but like, I didn't notice them, dude. Like, it, it was one of those things, like, I noticed them the first couple times. And then after that, I was like, oh, it doesn't really, like, doesn't bug me at all. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, it doesn't really bug me. Yeah, it's just one of those things. where, But, like, when they talk about, like, yeah, well, if you lose the puck in the digital boards that you probably don't know how to follow the puck anyway it's just the kind of like okay i like you don't have to lie to us and say that everyone loves these like they don't yeah. we know you make money hand over fist doing these instead of just having the one static ad on the board but like come on guys you don't have to be a dick about it see i misread that i thought they said they were getting rid of it maybe i got oh no by like a yeah. meme no you very much misread that because that is very much they are gonna probably do more of them in the future if Let's they go could, what a projector overhead that just constantly has like Gatorade at I don't get I like Gatorade on the mind probably not yeah. them at this point but the uh, formerly BioSteel ads just projected onto the ice at all times they would Dude, do as it. long as we don't get to the point where it is like European hockey where it's literally just an ad, like there's no ice it's just ads all over the ice I'm cool with whatever they want to do man like. My only thing, put the playoff logo back on the ice, please. We don't. They're we never going to do that, man. I know, but like, we don't need to see like an M&M's ad on TV and just have it be blank when you see it in person. Like, put the fucking thing back. Please. Yeah, that was nice. It was cool. It, it, it was just a nice touch. Um, but I can see why, like, it's just like, that's the downside of technology because they do it in the NBA too. Like, remember NBA finals courts used to be fucking awesome and now they're just all digitally added onto the court and it's like this kind of fucking lame. Um, but maybe maybe they do it and they'd be like, it's Stanley Cup playoffs and then sponsored by and they have like a little sponsor logo under it. Because it's like in the NBA, they do it. It's like sponsored by YouTube TV. So the logo has it and at the very bottom has YouTube TV. Right. It's like, man, whatever. It's like, it's yeah. not a big deal. And you feel stupid complaining about it, but it's also just like you don't have to be a dick. Yeah. Like you can just you just don't. Why well, I, I don't understand why they acknowledge it at all. They have to be like, oh, we pulled everyone, and everyone loves them. It's just it, it's it's very um like I just love how fans think. Like that, that that's just where fans' brains go, and it's like, yeah, the ads on the board fucking piss me off. It's like, dude, like maybe you're just pissed off because your team stinks. I noticed it's a lot of Canucks fans. I don't, I don't know if there's any correlation there. Man, man, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of correlation there. Maybe a little bit. Shout know. out Quinn Hughes, named captain of the Canucks. That was another thing yeah. that happened. De definitely. A, I'd never really pictured Quinn Hughes as a leader of men, but you know, I'm not I mean, in that locker room. You know what that signals to me? Elias Pedersen's going to be on the move. See, I don't go there, but also... That is interesting that it's not Elias Pettersson who just had right. a point season and is about to be entering probably some very intense contract talks. That'll be we'll fun. See. 
Canucks are fun, but let's let's wrap up the show with the funniest story to come out, and one of those ones where it's like, I'm surprised it took this long. Mike Babcock, uh, new head coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets, is already under investigation from the NHLPA because he is reportedly making players go up and share photos from their camera roll <laughs> on airplay. Yeah, in front on of like the a team. giant. I don't know if it was in front of the entire team, but it was the airplay onto the big screen to see their camera roll so that he could quote unquote get to know them and what kind of person they are and if you're uncomfortable with that notion that's normal because yeah. i like i don't know why you would do that like i don't think mike babcock i'm just going to open up with my thoughts on this right i don't think mike babcock is trying to like make people uncomfortable or like try to be a power hungry dick. I just think he's so hilariously out of touch that he doesn't understand that like that is an incredible violation of privacy. Yeah. It, it, like imagine if your bosses at the Ravens were like, Hey Griffin, we want to see your camera roll. Right. <laughs> like, so, it's, you know, it's just, of course my camera roll is family friendly and can be broadcast on public television. Oh, see, mine's just all fucking poked up, poked Oku that I sent you. Like yes. I go back and look yeah. at it and I'm like, it's just screenshots of stupid shit that I've done. <laughs> like, my my done. camera roll is just screenshots of like tweets and pictures of Daisy. Right. <laughs> it's for me, it's like, like I, I don't have anything bad on there, but it's just, it would be very funny. Like if my bosses were like, Hey, I want you to go in there. I'm like, do you just want to see like, the right it's it's just it. like it's kind of weird and yeah. <laughs> of, course, of course all the blue jackets players are that have been asked about it, like oh i thought it was fun and very interesting and then you hear like the tricklings like former players be like yeah we fucking hate this this yeah. is he's done this forever this is ridiculous and so this came from from spitting chicklets and paul bissonette obviously were saying that on the show and everything which prompted the investigation and it kind of seemed like it was gonna go away honest the blue jackets pr they did a very good spin. They did do a very good job. Which almost worked until reportedly it started to be like, yeah, some of the younger players were a little uncomfortable about this. And now the PA is starting to take a look at this. And I just, it's not even training camp yet. This is like stage one. He had to meet the players and it caused an investigation. <laughs> this is the it's very funny. The it's... most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. I again, I, I'm not even. I just go back to Yarmo Kekalina. It's like, why are we even here? Yeah. Why did you think this would be a good idea? I like, even if this is the most innocent thing in the world, you're not even in training camp yet. And it's not even like he's just so worth the headache. Like, this is a young team that probably is not going to respond to things like this, it's no. not going to work. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Um, it, it, I'm surprised it took this long for something like this to pop up. This is the him. earliest it could have happened. Yeah, it, it's just it's so like old school hockey mind trying to like think this is okay, and it's like, dude, it's 2023, bro. Like, it's totally different what players like think. I also think it would just be very funny if the younger players are like, I don't want him to see what memes I'm making. <laughs> what if these guys have like burner accounts and they're like fucking sending tweets to like other players? Like maybe that's a real, why the younger players were uncomfortable with it. Cause they got burner accounts and like they're making memes and like all the crazy shit they do. Like it's just, but it's, it's just like at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter what's in their camera roll. Cause it's none of your business. Yeah. Like, it's, and here's the thing, man, as a guy, uh, most guys have, 
anything that's maybe deemed inappropriate in a locked folder that is not on their main right. screen. Like, yeah, if you've got that just straight up on your camera, you're roll, a psychopath. You're psychotic, first of yeah. all. And you're also, a psychopath. And also weird. Yeah. So it's just, it's the most Mike Babcock thing ever. Like, if you were to have polled, I think, of the 32 NHL coaches, which coach would do this the most? Oh, it's, be, it's Mike I Babcock. Even, I don't even think there's a second. I think yeah. it's just Mike Babcock, end of list. Yeah. Like, it, it's just very funny. And I wanted, like, this total term, like, spin zone from what we were talking about. Like, I wanted to talk to Jesse more about it when he said that Jared Bednar is more of just like the leader, he's not even really like the coach. He's just the leader. I wanted to ask him like what he meant by that, because it just strike. I just see Jared Bednar as just the super laid back guy, but also not laid back at the same time. And we'll fucking chew these guys out. Right. The, a leader of the team and not weird. Yeah. Uh, he just, I, I take back what I said of the guy. I want, I, I'd want to get a beer with Jared Bednar. Cause, cause I feel like that dude would be the best hang of all time. Yeah, Jared Bednar is awesome. Are we yeah. so lucky that we don't have to deal with this constant carousel of coaches yeah. and everything and try to be like, oh, this guy didn't work for two years. He's fired. We're bringing in a new guy. It's yeah. exhausting. Having Jared Bednar is going to be the fart. Like a lot of people are going into TV. There is a 0.0% chance Jared Bednar does anything other than coach hockey for the rest of his life. <laughs> I, I, I can't picture. He's going to be with this team until he decides he doesn't want to anymore. Yeah, it's just so funny to me, man. And we're just lucky that's like my not Mike Babcock because holy shit, this would be fucking funny if it was the case. Yeah. Like it's just I'm still stuck on the fact is like it is September. We are halfway through September. We are not in training camp. We are not even close to the regular season yet. We are as far from the regular season as we can be at this point. And Mike Babcock's job, like we might be talking next week and Mike Babcock might not have a job. He might not have made it to training camp. Does he still get all of his money again? Because that would be a pretty good gig. I don't know if, like, in this situation, I don't know. Yeah. But if he's fired, I think it's like four million bucks or something right. crazy like that. It's just, I cannot. Yarmo Kekalainen, why? Looking past even all of this, I still don't understand this hiring in the least bit. I think there are there are some teams that Mike Babcock could be okay with. Not Vegas, I think you'd be okay with like the like the the Rangers. I guess. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think they'd be great hires. I think it'd be like it. He might be there for like two years, maybe. Yeah. Be like immediately. Fi- Columbus, really? I just don't get it. That did Peter Lavigalette end up in the rain at the Rangers? Yes, he did. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that like, when we get closer season, like new coaches, new faces. Yeah, we're um, gonna have to get caught up on everything that happened. Because because who's the Caps coach now? uh spencer carberry okay he's he's never been an nhl coach before right no he was the coach excuse me he was the hershey bears coach for a while and he was an assistant in toronto for a couple years okay what other teams fired their coach nashville they got too many to count right yeah they got burnett yeah yeah we'll have to do that in a different episode yeah we'll do that all later but mike babcock being mike babcock is just the most like hilarious thing ever yeah, it was like, really? We couldn't even make it to actual training camp before we've even and gotten anywhere Can you else. imagine, like, can you imagine, like, like Spit and Chicklets is the, like, most laid back show. You don't go there for news ever. And to have the story break on Spit and Chicklets makes it even funnier. Right. Like, that, that's what makes it even funnier is that they didn't even get, like, this wasn't Elliot Friedman or Frank Cervalli or, like, one of the insiders doing it. It was Paul Bissonette, who is just uh, a goofball. Like yeah. he's just there to be an he's, entertainer. He's a and silly he's little guy. 
He's a silly yeah. little guy telling hockey stories and just yeah. breaks like the potentially a story that's going to get Mike Babcock fired. Right. That's what just makes it even funnier in my mind is that it got broke on a show that is all about just making you laugh. It, it, you do not go to spit and chicklets for news. <laughs> like it, It's the complete opposite of 32 thoughts. You go there and you just turn off your brain for two hours. Yeah. It's, I, it's I'm just so stuck on like, it's not, it, he hasn't coached a game. Right. Them, and here we are. It's so unbelievably ridiculous. And if he does survive it and does coach the blue jackets, I cannot wait. I can't I wait and not wait. It's oh. going to be so fun. Yeah. So I actually think the blue jackets are going to be better than people think. I think they're going to be like right around 85, points. you know, and looking at the team on paper, I'd agree with you. Yeah. They have Mike Babcock as their coach now. So I, this might just go up entirely in flames and burn this franchise down. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But honestly, for a mid September episode, I'm pretty happy with all the content. We oh, I'm happy. I feel good. I, f- I, f- I felt really rusty last episode. Yeah. Like you could, like a lot of people listen to that for some reason. And cause of course they did, yeah. but I've, you could probably tell in talking to Jesse, I was a little like, Oh man, I need to, I need to get back in my rhythm here a little yeah. bit. We felt good. It felt good getting back into it here. And, yeah. uh, we're just another week closer. The rookie faceoff, I believe, starts tonight. By the time you're listening to this, I think their first game Saturday, so that should be fun. Seeing some of the rookies probably get some good experience. Um, and yeah, training camp starts next week. I may make it out there for a couple of practices. So if you see me, say what's up. Yeah, it'd be a little expensive for me, but I'd I'd, yeah, I'd just I could come. It's like a 15 minute drive from my house. So I think I can make an appearance. Might be like maybe 20 minutes to the airport for me. Yeah, there you go. And then a three and a half hour flight. Three and a half hour flight and about like an hour and a half from the airport to the practice center. No, maybe no, not even that. 45 you know? minutes. 45 minutes. I think minutes. I I think I was half asleep in that Uber ride to the hotel. Yeah. So I don't really know if I have a yeah, it's like 45 on minutes. It, but... It's not that bad. It's not yeah. that bad. But but uh yeah, man, I'm super excited to be back in the zone. Football's back. Um, and then hockey's gonna be back soon, and it's just it life's good again, man. We're getting to the golden, it's gotten nice and cool. Oh, yeah, I'm wearing a hoodie today, so yeah. that's how you know we're getting to hockey season. I'm wearing hoodies, it's just so beautiful. I like that fall is the best time of year. Once yes. you start to get to mid September and the weather cools down, and football's back, and hockey's starting to get into training camp, this this is when life takes a turn for the better. Yes. At least for me. I know every, not everyone's like that. Dude, I, like, there's all these people who are like, oh, summer's over, this sucks. And it's like, ever since I got out of school, when summer ends, that's the best time of year. Oh, like, like I've, I've got a straight up hot take. Like, we only think summer is good because of how we were conditioned with school. And right. The time with summer vacation. sucks, dude. Summer fucking sucks. It's like, hot. Right? Your electric bill's fucking out of the roofs. I'm so excited to go back to my electric bill being under $100 because I won't have to have the AC on. Ridiculous. Like spring, like honestly, I think summer weather-wise is the worst season. Yes. Spring at least has some nice days where it's just like mid-70s, maybe low 80s on the high ends. Gets a little warm sometimes. Get some nice thunderstorms in there. Summer just fucking sucks. Dude, you're speaking like a true Coloradan now. You've been hanging out with us long enough. This has just been in my blood. The entire my entire like, life is like summer is not actually unless you actively live on the beach or by a body of water. Summer sucks. It does. Like, the amount it of people does. like, oh, I can't deal with the cold, yet they can deal with mosquito bites all day. Yes. Every time you go outside, you get swarmed by bugs and they get in your house and they're everywhere. I you know who else? You know who else doesn't love summer? Our dogs. 
Dogs right. fucking hate summer. They want the snow. Like I, I, I imagine Daisy's the same way as Iggy. Iggy loves the snow. Yeah. Like I can't get her inside when it's snowing. Yeah, I mean, for the, those of you listening, like Daisy is, is a black lab. She's got just straight black as night fur. The yeah. sun sucks for her, but when it's even cold, we can go. Like she's thirteen, we yeah. can still go out there and walk for miles. The second it gets hot, we do maybe a lap around the neighborhood. Yeah. It, it, dude, I, I, this is totally like we're, we've spun off the track. It, the show's we, we made it to the end of the episode. The show's over. That. Yeah, but I fucking found out. I took Iggy to the vet. I don't know if I've told this on the show. When I adopted her, I thought she was 10, right? It turns out this this old lady, she's 16. 16 years old. Really? Yeah, dude. I found Iggy. out she's 16. And I was like, how the fuck do you miss that on the adoption paperwork that she's two years old? Like, it doesn't change anything. But the, the son of a bitch is 16 years old. And I'm, like, thinking she's having all these health issues because it's just – no, she's just a fucking old dog, man. She's 16, man. Like, she just celebrated her 16th birthday, man. So I felt bad I didn't give her – I didn't give her 16 treats. I only gave her 14 on her birthday. You didn't have, a sweet, you didn't have a sweet 16 for Edge? Well, I didn't know until earlier this week, we got, man. We got we got to make that right. I know. We got to make she, that right. There's no well, other – I've been giving her some chicken and rice for dinner instead of her normal food. So she's yeah, she's been a happy camper. The, but The bland diet. Yeah. Like she's, she's living the dream. But, uh, yeah, I found out my dog's a lot older than what I thought she was when yeah. I first adopted I, her. I don't have – no problem with daisy i, I held yeah. her when she was a puppy when i was nine yeah. years old but dude that's the crazy part like vets can find out by the the shape of dog's teeth yeah like, that kind of blew my fucking mind i was like okay like you literally looked at her teeth and she was like okay yeah but she's 16 i was like jesus christ man <laughs> like i have a fucking old dog now man she's an old lady Ancient. so but uh but yeah she had some health scares earlier in the week she's she's back to normal she's taking uh a painkiller called gabapentin which is what i guess Love, they yeah. give daisy took that 30 minutes ago yeah we started the show with her dinner yeah like it's just like it's crazy what dogs can do but uh yeah some health scares are in the week but she she's trooping along now she's she's back to uh napping on the couch with me so hopefully i can get her kicking for a little bit longer but uh definitely some scares are in the week like it, it's i promise we're wrapping up the show here there is no like I, I think it was Scott Van Pelt who said this on when his dog passed away. Like, could you imagine if dogs lived as long as us? Like, how fucking awesome life would be. Yeah. Like, imagine if, if Daisy lived with you for another 20 years. Like, that would be the best. And it, it, they, they just don't live forever, man. And you got to cherish every moment with them because it, it's been – I honestly am in a weird way grateful for the health care because it just made me want to spend more time with her and take her on longer walks. But – Cherish your dogs because they do get older, and even if they drive you crazy, when they're gone, you're going to miss them. I don't know if you've experienced it in your life with having to put a dog down. I've had to put down – I've never have, thankfully. Put down two, four, Jesus five. Christ, I've put down five in my lifetime. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's the worst thing in the world. So just cherish every moment you have with them. Um, give them hugs. Give them pets because, uh, God, I, I wish they could live forever. But uh, – I'm going to cherish every last moment I have with this 16 year old dog, as I found out this week. Yeah. It is a beautiful, sweet soul. I'm glad. She, I'm glad she's feeling better. Yeah. Yeah. Worried for a little bit there. I know. I've I had myself worried, man. Yeah. I had myself worried, but, but she's yeah. trooping along. She's uh, she, I'm surprised she hasn't woken up to her name being called. Cause she da- usually Daisy running over here. Daisy woke up to her name being yeah. called. She, Come she's here. fancy. Come here. We're already talking to the dogs. I think yeah. that's, 
I think that's a good spot to wrap this one up. Yep. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. You can use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But again, Thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.